You're listening to WPAI, a podcast about the advancements of AI within WordPress. My name is Moritz Bappert, and I've been building custom WordPress websites for the past 10 years. I'm passionate about product development and excited about the inspiring people I will be interviewing. Join me on my quest to gain a holistic understanding of all the AI developments within the WordPress space. Welcome back. I'm really excited to be speaking with Joe Hoyle today, co-founder of WordPress agency HumanMade. He first came on my radar when they hosted their Word on the Future event on WordPress and AI in May 2023, which was really inspiring. There, I learned about the AI features Joe built into their Altus Accelerate plugin, which helps you generate AI content within Gutenberg. I'm going to ask him about all the details behind it, and I'm really curious to hear what he has to say. Hi, Joe. I'm happy to welcome you to my podcast and to continue our conversation that we started in Athens at WordCamp Europe, talking about WordPress and the AI space. Mm. So I'm really curious what happened in the meantime and what you have to tell. Yeah, welcome. cool. Cool. Thank you for uh, having me on. And yeah, happy to talk about any of the like AI developments and space and that kind of thing is something that I'm maybe now five, six months ago, pretty deep into, pretty interested in. I was a little bit of an AI skeptic, I think, before that. <laughs> It's been interesting to, yeah, just, I don't know, have a little more optimism for the future of technology and all of that. There's plenty of pessimism to go around in AI as well, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And I uh, rather focus on the optimism part. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's sure. What I, what I like. Of course, there are, there are many important topics to discuss as well. Copyright as being mm -hmm. just one example. But right now, I, I rather like to focus on the opportunities. Yeah. yeah. What is there? What does the technology enable us to do? Mm -hmm. In May, you've launched quite a few exciting AI features within your Altus Accelerate plugin. Mm -hmm. Like what AI features does the plugin offer exactly and how were they received? Yeah, good question. So we, it started with some experimentation around integrating large language model into the like WordPress writing process. I felt at the time that a lot of the AI plugins and bolt-ons in CMSs generally, but in WordPress too, when, when you look at other CMSs, it's the same kind of deal where the integration is, it's not very seamless. It's a little bit like disjointed experience. It's, I would say, a very direct use of the technology. For example, like when image generation came along, okay, you can have a plugin where you can click a button, open a modal and interact and build an image, but you're still very directly using the image technology, right? It's just like, it's write a prompt, it's get an image. Okay, cool. Now maybe I can import it into my media library and use that or something. Where I felt that really the opportunity in a lot of these AI-driven capabilities is much more deeper augmentation of improving the things that we already do. And that's where I'd written this prototype around being able to write Gutenberg blocks and pages and things like that using that was with the OpenAI GPT model. So I think it was a combination of a couple of things. I think we made quite a nice user experience around that being very integrated and just a shortcut. 
in Gutenberg just to be able to write quite naturally. And then the other thing that was fairly novel, I think the time, I think actually still is novel. I don't think that other plugins are able to do this around being able to get very rich structured Gutenberg blocks out of the LLM. So you can ask it to create you, I don't know, make a cover with a call to action and a background image, or give me six columns wide, each with an image and a description and a testimonial or something like that. Because in my experience, Gutenberg's very powerful and there's all of these capabilities and emergent complexity that can come from these low-level building blocks. But it's still quite a lot of work to build mm -hmm. things up and the patterns in WordPress. One way of doing that, but I think like what we've ultimately released in the Outs Accelerate plugin, being able to you know, take natural language and describe what you want in terms of outcomes and then have the components be built up is a nice shortcut to get there. So that, that was a nice, it's a nice example, I think, and good learning experience for us as well. Creating the AI capabilities in the Elts Accelerate plugin was as much about us learning and getting experience with these tools, because as we may speak about more broadly, it's a fast moving field and it's like, you mm. need to be part, you need to be surfing that wave to keep up with things. You need to be experimenting, building things, solving problems. So when the next thing drops, and this has happened a few times since May is, I don't know, for example, OpenAI recently released their function calling capabilities into the LLM. So that opens up a world of new possibilities, but to some degree, unless you're already up to speed with all of the things you can already do. This additional thing that then gets released and want to take advantage of that and create new things, you need to be able to focus all of your attention on that thing and have already done all of the experimentation with the current capabilities. So that's where I feel quite good about where I'm at now in terms of my understanding of these things is, okay, as the field progresses, I feel like I can keep up with it and apply or create solutions around the new features that are coming mm. out in these things. And that's where... That's probably the categorical shift that I made in terms of like, oh, this AI stuff all looks, you know, it's kind of over there and I'm not really doing anything with it. I'm not really sure if it will ever become something. Actually getting involved and becoming part of that journey of the evolution of the technology is, mm -hmm. I think, what a lot of people probably should be doing right now. Cool. I got very off track off your original question, actually. <laughs> What's in the accelerator? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I really like that you focus so much on a good user experience with these AI features because what I see most of the times with all the plugins coming up, they just uh, jump onto the hype train and basically integrate the mm -hmm. chat GPT prompt inside right. WordPress or something really basic. But I think where it gets much more interesting is like really deeper yeah. integration into WordPress, into the workflow that users already work yeah. with. And I think we don't even really know how deep that integration can go. And I think you, you need to just keep progressively pushing the envelope to do the deeper and deeper integration. I don't know where it's going to go. And I think that what we have right now, it's all a transitionary point, right? Before we work out how to go even deeper. And I'm quite interested in what the mid to long term of WordPress core software looks like once the, let's just say the ecosystem and the technologies are progressed further, how deep does that integration look like? What new ways can you build things on your website at a very deep level versus like I would say 
round one, version one was, yeah, how do I just get a prompt in a pop-up in my WordPress site? Mm. And then hopefully I think what we've tried to do with round two is deeper integration into the tools, but that's nowhere near as far as I think that it should go. But it's not even clear until you you take one step and you try that. Does that work? Is mm. there more? Is, is there further that could go? Pe do people use that, et cetera? It's definitely not not theoretical. We can't, I think, just sit here and think about how these things could apply. I do think that we need to try things and push things forward and release products and build solutions and that kind of thing to collectively understand how far it can go. Because I think 10 years away, things will be very different. They have to be very different. If they're not, then I think WordPress is, is dead. And that's just true for any kind mm. of technological advancement and evolution and things like that. If we are not able to keep up and collaborative editing is probably another good example of that as well. There's only so long that we can stay in this. It's basically just data entry into a database kind of level. We need to, to shift forward. It's either a move or die, keep swimming, whatever the analogy. Yeah, I agree on that. It's uh, really important to experiment and learn, make your own experience to stay at the forefront of these developments. I would really like to get to hear a little more about the details of how the plugin works. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more yeah, about it? Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Where does the magic happen? Where does the magic happen? Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, enable the yeah. AI to build these Gutenberg blocks. Yeah, so there's a few pieces to it. There's obviously like the UI side, which I think is actually a fairly key piece that people probably underestimate quite a lot. But then there is specifically in the writer assistant. So there's now like, I would say three things in the Accelerate plugin. There is like when I'm writing, I can get blocks written for me by prompting it, or I can make changes to the post and things like that. Then there is kind of like some summarization type features, which is in the post excerpt, I can just hit a button that says, write it for me. Or like when I'm going to like do my Yoast SEO description, I can just hit a button that says, generate that for me. So there's that. And then there's a custom sidebar chat, which is a way to have a conversation like you would with chat GPT or about the page that you're writing where you're having like more of a meta level conversation rather than directing it to create things. Maybe you're asking it. What things have I missed on this topic or what's some alternate way to describe this thing? And that chat on the right will have all of the context of what site are you on? What is the content of the post and those kind of things. So it, it aims to provide a bit of a better experience than, oh, I've just got chat GPT open in another tab because it tries to give you more that context. So on the, the first one, the AI writer, I'm going to ask you to write an article about something or whatever. The way that works is it's essentially takes your request. It like embellishes that prompt with a bunch of other things that says something like you're an AI that writes Gutenberg blocks and you can only respond with like appropriate markup that is fits these block types and the, the content that is in the post is this and you're being asked to respond about this. So it sets up this whole kind of story mm -hmm. basically. So it can do things like, for example, if you say, I don't know, you've got a, a story that is right. Let's say you're writing about like local football team or something like that. And you've, I don't know, described all of the players or something. At the bottom, you can just say, list me the players or something. And then again, it will be able to take all of that mm -hmm. information and create your, your list based off of it. So it primes this whole story with um, the AI and then really just takes your prompt, feeds it into the large language model, which that's where obviously the magic happens. That is the 
the black box, so to speak, of somehow it's able to do all of that, synthesize it, bring it back. Now, the stuff that it actually sends you back, try as you might, it isn't perfect stuff. Like mm. it, as we know with these large language models, it invents things, sometimes forgets about instructions that you've given it. You've got to push very hard. Maybe you need some back and forth, that kind of thing. Mm. So yeah. the Accelerate plugin actually does really quite a lot to use a lot of heuristics to actually take that output from the LLM and actually get some useful structured Gutenberg blocks about it. Because the thing is, mm. Gutenberg blocks are even more, I would say, brittle than just like HTML is, mm -hmm. for example. If you ask the mm. model to write you HTML, like HTML been around for a long time, it knows that super well, but also just inherently quirks mode in browsers, etc. Mm. it will always kind of work and show you stuff. Gutenberg blocks don't work mm. that way. You have, you know, one thing out of place and the whole thing just won't render thing. So there's a good amount of just like data massaging and heuristics and routines and things like that to actually get you something. Now, from the engineering point of view, it's actually not a massive problem that you have this slightly lossy kind of process because you're probably asking the model in fairly general terms, what do you want? So if something isn't quite right about it, it's okay because it's going to give you something. And then that might be something that you can, you know, you're like, oh, well, I actually asked you to put the age after the whatever, but you did it the other way around. No worries. I'll go and fix it. That is still what the level of models are. The AI can assist you. It can help you. It can get you a better starting point. It can give you a first draft. What they can't really do for the most part is just write me a letter to my GP about whatever, click print and send. You, you're, you're not mm. quite at that level yet. So it's okay <laughs> that there's some level of loss there. The other mm. thing that I put quite a lot of time into in the plugin, again, I think this is fairly unique of any of your um, AI plugins around there, is because the responses to this stuff can be quite slow. Like you ask it to generate your whole article or whatever, mm. it progressively will stream that into the editor. Now, I think things cool. like the Jetpack AI Assistant can do this with like paragraphs and things like that. But being able to like stream in tables and columns and images and things, that was also quite a difficult thing to implement where you mm. don't really want to, as a user, be, you give it a thing and then you wait 30 seconds and then boom, something pops mm. in. It's, it's like really interrupts the process to do that. Another thing that you mm. can also do is like you ask it to do something, it starts streaming it in and you can just hit escape to cancel it and then say, oh no, actually I meant X, Y, or Z. So there's, because of the speed of these models is quite slow, you need to account for that in the user experience as well to make sure you are showing things as soon as you can or providing a way to interrupt and provide it different guidance and that kind of thing. Otherwise mm. it's quite frustrating, clunky experience. Cool. So to summarize, uh, as a first step, you're like priming the AI with your own prompts, so to say, to, to set the context. Mm -hmm. And then in a second step, you're like making sure the response is actually a valid Gutenberg block markup and probably cleaning that up or correcting some things. Yeah. And then the streaming it to the editor is like the final component. And as far as I understood your plugin, I had a look at the the actual code, <laughs> you're using your own API. So you wrote your own service, which like serves the, the content back to the user. Yes. All of the logic isn't inside the plugin, but on your Correct. server side. Yeah. So there's a couple of reasons for that. One was there's a good amount of plugins where you need to go and go and get your own like GPT API key and sign up open AI and things like that, which is it's well and good for some cases. We really wanted to provide a thing that was just like 
anybody could just go click install a plugin and use this stuff. And mm. right now, like that's free to use. And I think for uh, mm. an individual kind of level, that will always be free. Doesn't cost us a huge amount if we can sell this plugin at a much hard, larger price to a few enterprises or something. So I generally, I'm happy to monetize on the people that are getting serious value out of this, but are making significant amounts. Like if I don't know, AOL.com was not a good example, actually, because that's probably <laughs> doesn't receive much traffic these days. But if you've, if you're going to use on a huge site, a huge team, a huge company, sure, we'll charge you for that. But it's definitely attention here mm. isn't really to monetize the individual level. So there was that consideration there. The other side is it also gives us a way to deploy very quickly to the centralized service. If mm. we're going to, I don't know, change the model. And we actually did this halfway through. We'd launched the mm. plugin and it was using open AI and we noticed one day that things start to get really slow. It was just like, you would ask the AI mm -hmm. to do something and it would be, it would take forever to respond to you and that kind of thing. The reason for that is open AI is having really difficult uh, scaling problems. They've got so many people using mm. it and they are severely limiting their API speed versus what you can get when you go to chat GPT. So the, the speeds mm -hmm. are just not comparable at all. So we changed the way that we were doing that to go and by the OpenAI APIs via Microsoft Azure instead, where you can pay Microsoft and they will run it on separate compute resources, et cetera. But that's just a change that we were able to make instantly behind the scene on our hosted AI service versus needing to push out a plugin update or anything mm. like that. So it enables to do that. We're obviously able to keep the API keys behind a uh, locked key because it's in our host service, that kind of thing. So we've got, I'd say, human-made and Altis, we have quite a lot of experience with running like infrastructure and host components and things like that. So it's something that we could do relatively easily as well. It didn't really have many downsides to take that approach. But in terms of like mm -hmm. the AI secret source, that's really all in the LLM. That's where that's coming from. And right now, for example, we wouldn't be able to switch to, I don't know, like an open source model or something and get the same performance out of it. That's really what's actually controlling what is the utility of this plugin? So yeah, that's why we went in that direction ultimately. Cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I had a podcast recording with James LePage from CodeWP. They are developing a tool that helps WordPress developers scaffold code like for Google Ooh, Workblocks I think I might have seen that. writing plugins and these kind of things. And yeah, they are training their own models or at mm -hmm. least are optimizing the models by open AI, so to say. Mm -hmm. And because, yeah, I think it's in the end really important to have an up-to-date data set, for example, with the yeah. Gutenberg developments. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the domain there is specific enough, I think, to, to fine-tune based off. And also up until now, it's been a bit of a trade-off between do I use a model that I can fine tune, which is probably an older model that isn't as like general. You can't, that's the thing with what we have in Alps Accelerate mm. is you need a good general model to actually write you good content, let alone understand Gutenberg blocks. So we, we could potentially fine tune a different model to write Gutenberg blocks very well, but that would then mean you're going to be losing out on the general knowledge of the topic that you're likely to be writing about, for example. Thankfully, OpenAI are making progress. And I think they said general availability by the end of the year where anybody is going to be able to fine tune GPT-4 and 3.5. Mm. That's going to change things a lot. I think once you can do that, because you also, you get access to 
like very good level of quote intelligence there. And you're also able to fine tune it. So I think that's going to change things as well. When it yeah, I'm really curious to see whether we'll get like lots of fine tuned LLMs for specific tasks for specific areas or whether rather the general abilities of the LLMs, the most popular ones are going to be improved yeah. to cater to all kinds of mm -hmm. different areas. I, th I think both will happen. I think people will want a general purpose assistant that can do anything. That's, that makes sense that, I don't know, GPT-10 or something is basically going to be as good as a human assistant can go and just do things for mm. you, right? Just book me the flight, just whatever. It's mm. a very general purpose. Um, but I think what I'm also expecting is much, much smaller, more specific language models that can just be in a specific domain. So I'm thinking the example that I've heard before is, I don't know, on your iPhone, let's say you need to configure something like a complex, I don't know, icon layout or something. You could have an LLM that is able to do that. Oh, just move that to the whatever position, just move that down. Oh, actually undo that, whatever. That's a really specific domain where you could have a really tiny model that is able to achieve something like that, and you can just apply it specifically. And this is where I think there is a future, hopefully for WordPress, even WordPress core, to have something like a very specific open source model or even multiple for the different tasks that you're going to do. Maybe on your site builder or something, you have a model there that really understands what is full site editing, what are layouts, and maybe that's like a 10 megabyte model or something like that, but it can really hone in on specific tasks like that. So I think that's going to happen in the open source space, like ability to fine tune really, really quickly, fewer and fewer examples, less and less space, less and less hardware needed. That's just like the progression of that. But then also on the monolithic side, open AI wanting to create the next digital personal assistant or something, I think that's also going to happen. And they're, they're just like, that's how the field just ultimately matures and diverges and, and all of that to create very different solutions in different, different areas. Yeah. And if we talk about the space of coding, of development, it's quite promising. The results are already quite good in what I've seen. I don't know if you do coding as well. I, I do, and I'm definitely using yeah. them quite mm. a lot for assisting with things. And it's, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it still feels like using ChatGPT to do that feels like well, if you had a model that only knew WordPress and PHP, mm. could that be actually way better in the domain of mm. doing that thing? Yeah, I, I already feel like, you know, is specialization in the models already needed in some mm. things. But at the same time, it's actually quite nice to have this very free tool. Like I was writing some code yesterday in C, for example, using the PHP interpreter. I can just use the same thing and ask it anything about that whole area of programming. And it's able to even relate, well, in WordPress, it does this, goes to PHP, it does C, and this is what you do. You know, you can actually just tile off that together. So if you have very interesting technical challenges, having that generalized model is also quite good. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I find it really helpful during my day-to-day -day work in like writing custom plugins, writing custom WordPress websites and stuff. <laughs> Many yeah. things yeah. Uh, it can really speed up to do. Yeah. What were the difficulties or the obstacles when building the plugin? What was the hardest part to get right in the end? The, the first key part was getting the structured Gutenberg blocks out of the model. 
there's different ways that I think people think that this works is like, oh, you've trained the model to understand Goomba, but we haven't done that. I think that would be a good idea. And that is probably something that once GPT-3.5 is able to do that. The way that I think about these models is like a giant search engine in some ways, just a search engine of all of the stuff that they've read and ingested. And in that way, it also doesn't really come with anything new. Like it can't really, we're broadening this a little bit, can't really create new ideas in the same way. It can mash things together. And maybe you have a new idea when you read this kind of weird thing is given you or whatever. But fundamentally, I think it's a way to search it. And really the insight, if you even want to call it that, was just like, well, it knows how to do Gutenberg plots because it has that information in it. It's read all of the documentation. It's read all of the websites that have that, whatever. So it's really mm. just a case of finding that in the model of what do you need to prompt it with to get it to do that and give you consistent output and that kind of thing. So that. That was the first key piece that I'd probably say the most difficult piece was in the streaming of things to progressively take the output of the model and try to put that into like a hierarchical structured set in Gutenberg. That was probably the most difficult thing to do. And that's where, you know, there's still some bugs in that. We have some exemptions around if you're trying to generate this type of block, actually don't stream it, just wait for the end of the block. Cause it's also just Gutenberg is not built for that kind of model, right? Like what does a half of an image block look like? Or so it just doesn't, it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> yeah. Only certain things, usually text-based things or like columns and tables also work pretty well. Anything that can be broken down into subparts does mm. kind of work like that, but it, it doesn't apply to everything. So yeah, that's, that's probably the two things that come to mind that took a little more engineering. Nice. Yeah. So getting back to the more general space of WordPress as a whole, what are the challenges there that you would deem beneficial to be solved by an AI? Do you see any specific use cases of things that could be done better with AI potentially? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I think like AI and CMS is the space that I think about because I think the same like opportunities probably apply to, I don't know, AM, Sitecore, Drupal, like even Squarespace, Wix, like they're all of these tools along with WordPress are kind of solving mostly the same problem. And what is AI best used for? So I, I did do some research of just what are the other CMS is also doing here, wanting to understand, are we missing something huge? Is there like a system that's come along that's like completely changed the game and that kind of thing. What I saw there really was like, I'd say a little underwhelming in some cases. It was similar, <laughs> I think, to what we saw in like the first wave of the plugins that came into WordPress. It's a very like janky UI to run an image generation prompt or something like that. The thing with WordPress is so big, so actually it does actually generate quite a lot of innovation because of that. It's just, there's enough people to try things out. Whereas like in Drupal, you just don't have the same amount of people available mm. to pick from. So even though some of those projects, like maybe more future forward looking, even something like, I don't know, sanity or something like that is, do they actually have enough people just by the numbers to create the innovation? Mm. So WordPress actually I felt was fairly ahead of the game there, certainly in within the forerunners. But like WordPress as it is now versus really what your question is, whereabouts could it be? What could it be applied to and that kind of thing? think is the most interesting question and to some degree if, if you had the right answer to that now it's okay cool or we'll get building that product because nobody else is doing it but i think there's a few areas that come to mind for me i mean they're very good at all of the derived content i call it like it is the summarization it's translation it's categorization it's those kind of things 
So if you have good core content in terms of if you're writing, if you're marketing, building pages, if you're content marketing, whatever, if you have that, like you can now just leverage it a lot more quickly by putting it in all of the different places and all of the different contexts. These AI large language models are very good um, at being able to do that. So I think there's just like a lot of productivity wins in having a CMS that really leverages those throughout the whole system every time that it's going to be doing that. The other side that I feel like is probably quite interesting is like content moderation for community sites, probably another thing that be mm. integrated there. I know that is probably like a, maybe a bit of a dying breed in WordPress is like audience participation and things like that. It used to be obviously like in the days of blogs, that's what it was all about. And like moderation was a big problem there. It, it just, I don't know, it, it's not as much of a problem now, I guess, because it's not used in that capacity as much, but nonetheless, very good at certainly like sentiment analysis and hate topics and like explicit imagery and like all that kind of thing where you have user generated content. It's quite good at least the first line, let's say, so you're not having to go through a thousand comments a day or something. So there's that. I think there's also the getting insights and knowledge out of all of the stuff that you have entered into the WordPress CMS. Like right now, you put all of this content in and it's displayed on the website and then you have a search and the search is just, it's not good. But search generally is also not good. Like I, I just think that even Google search is not good. And you think about that thing that you're trying to find and you keep keywording it, trying to find it, you can't find mm. it. And WordPress search is obviously just like leagues below and much worse than that, for example. So you put all of this information into your site. Maybe a lot of it's evergreen information, maybe it's documentation. Maybe it's, I don't know what journals, whatever it could be, but discoverability and like getting insights and all of that from that information is just something that is, is really not there right now. So I'm, we've done some experimenting around the kind of like, you know, be able to ask questions of all of your content and that feeds into mm -hmm. the embedding database and yada, yada, yada. That's just like one idea there around, we've got all of, it's a content management system, like. There's a lot of content in there. You should be able to do more to either synthesize new content, ask it for ideas, say, what have we written about? What are we missing? What are the clusterings of things that we have been around? What is the biases in the content that we do have? And what's the next thing that we should be writing about based off the series that we have? All of that side of things. It's just nothing right now. It's just a database. And it's, that's where I feel like there, there could be a lot of stuff there. And then obviously around like multimedia, I think there's quite interesting futures there. Certainly imagery and AI right now, it's still, there's still a lot of technical limitations of imagery. Most image generations can only generate images that are square, like in painting has to be like quite difficult. You can't really yet just say, okay, given this image, I oh, will change the hair to whatever you've got to kind of draw, then you've got to give a prompt, that kind of thing. It's very slow, you know, again. The content management system has the text content, it has the image, it has the metadata, it has the author there, it has all of these things. You should be able to, in something like an LLM, like have a multiplicative effect there of all of those different sources of types of information and create much better stuff for that. Improving one thing should improve the other. Writing a better article should allow you to create a better image, but that's not the reality right mm. now. So yeah, multimedia imagery, whether it is video, audio, whatever, animation, visualization, data viz, we, we've got an experiment coming up at the moment around doing data viz stuff based off of stories that you're writing 
being able to provide it fairly unstructured data and then get data visualization out of it. Again, it's always been just like a really difficult thing to do in the past. So yeah, I think content production generally should have a solid level up from, again, it's that methodical one by one, keep pushing the envelope, keep experimenting, keep trying things, see what works. The kind of a few years out, it should be that as a, I'm still at the point where I do think that you need to be a knowledgeable, professional, capable practitioner to produce content, a leverage that you will have with a CMS that does all of these things that I'm talking about to a very high degree, allows you to just either do things a lot quicker, produce a lot more, have a much higher bar of consistent quality across the board, those kind of things where, again, think of that. And then I think of writing a post right now, there's some distance between those two things in my mind. Yeah, there's uh, so much context in all the content and the meta information that gets input into those CMSs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we want to leverage that. So if we go further away from WordPress, are there any other things that you are really excited about in the AI space? Yeah, I guess the generative AI, I guess, has struck a chord with CMS specifically because it kind of makes sense. We're generating content over in WordPress land. So like large language models, I think just so obviously a great thing to pick up for that. Now, like AI and other things, I don't know, I often think about self-driving cars, less, a little bit difficult to see the applicability or crossover of those kind of things, right? But I do think that generally as AI becomes more generally capable, that will just like be a, a tide that raises all boats kind of thing of just like everything that we mm. can do, the more intelligence that we can tap into from AI, the more it's just going to change things across the board. So I'm definitely quite interested and looking at the longer term horizons of like, I don't know whether I'm not really like deep into like AGI and how far away is it kind of debate and that kind of thing, but it does seem like we're making incremental progress on improving even the large language models. I don't think that large language models are the only thing that is needed to have like that assistant kind of uh, oracle or something like that. I think that there does need to be some adjacent systems to the technology in large language models, specifically probably around something that can provide some level of logical consistency and worldview and that kind of thing. I think if AI could bring together what you have in a very unstructured way in the large language models with something akin to what like your logical side of your brain is doing to make sure that things that you're saying are consistent with each other, don't have contradiction and that kind of thing. I feel like there needs to be some kind of meta level thing that goes into that. And so there's, I think there's a few different components that we need breakthroughs in other areas still to get to that point of, oh, I've just got this oracle that I can ask everything has got an IQ of 300 and you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> and I think LLMs are like the first piece of that, that we've broken through. I mean, maybe, you know, like machine learning more generally, you could say with something like that, but LLMs have been novel because we're just not used to computers generating unstructured things like text. And it's like, you know, this is the paradox I think of LLMs is like, they are just like outputting a string of words that statistically make kind of like probable sense. And then I do think it's the human reading it that is the one that gives it meaning. I, I'm, you know, again, yes. not, not really <laughs> thinking that the computer necessarily, I don't know, understands, let's say, we use all of these 
words very broadly. What does it mean to understand mm. things like that? But these models definitely aren't at the kind of like, there's no consciousness there that we know about or anything. There's no intentionality. There's no motivation and things like that. So I, I do think that, again, I kind of think of the LLM a little bit like the image generation model. What the image generation model does, looks at all of these images, has associated descriptions of them. You then need to give a description and it gives you something that looks like an image visually, superficially, right? It's putting the pixels mm. in roughly statistically, you know, relevant places. But like, it's us that see the image and say, oh, wow, that looks like a beautiful image or something, right? It's not the computer <laughs> that does that. And in some ways, the text is similar, right? It generates you a story that looks like a story of the thing that you've asked it for, but almost only looks like it visually, like doesn't really hold up. You can't really get it to write you a legal contract. It will look like a legal contract if you squint your eyes and you were to say, if I saw that mm. on the desk, that would look like a legal contract. Actually read it and interpret the meaning for it and build up a worldview of what that contract is saying. Okay. It suddenly starts to look a lot less like a contract because it's got, you know, just a bunch of nonsense in it or something. So. I think applying some level of skepticism to the stuff that these large language models are building, uh, are spitting back at you is definitely recommended. And it's creating stuff that looks like text at a glance. Mm. It looks like something that makes sense. Again, like you ask it, hey, why is it that, you know, uh, I don't know, why, why, why is the sky blue? It will give you a description that looks like a description of why the sky is blue. Is that based in reality? Maybe not, you know, mm. who knows? You could try it, maybe mm. it'll work, maybe it won't. That's where, again, like, because we're all humans and we read this and it looks so compelling, it, quote, speaks in such an authoritative tone to tell you all of these things. It's like, it's very easy to get sucked in by that. You know, I even have ChatGPT on my phone now. I can just ask it anything when I'm about, uh, what, what was the whatever? And it's like, often I do that and I'm like, wow, that was a great answer. But you do need to <laughs> think like, okay, it's given me something that looks like a great answer, but that doesn't mean that it is necessarily the correct answer. So, you know, it's always worth checking. Even the media gets sucked into this convincing illusion, so to say. Yeah, yeah. It, to some degree, is an illusion. That is the right way to put it, I think. But I think at the same time, because we don't actually really understand how like humans work in terms of intelligence and how we're mm. able to produce things and what our brain is doing and all of that, we don't actually know what it would look like once it, quote, wasn't an illusion anyway. So I am also bearing that in mind of maybe all your brain is doing is statistic analysis and that's the next word that's coming out and then you post hoc rationalize the thing that you just said or something. So like, mm -hmm. we don't exactly know why we're doing things that we're doing, so we don't really know exactly how to recognize it in an AI once an AI were to be mm -hmm. able to do that. It cuts both ways. On one hand, oh, it's very simple and superficial, but on the other hand, we don't actually know what it could be. Cool. So, um, yeah, I think the first place when I really heard about the new plugin that you built and so forth was at the event that you hosted with HumanMade around WordPress and AI in, in May, which was called Word on the Future. It was packed with interesting talks and panels and lots of people attended. I really had a good time mm, great. attending it. And I heard that you're planning a sequel to this soon. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah, you're getting inside information from somebody. I just read the newsletter that went out yesterday. Oh, there we go. It uh, turns out, I think yesterday we had published something. There we go. We are planning to do another one. It, it was a great event. It was very, I guess, transient in some ways. This is a fast moving topic and hopefully it's a quick moving field even within WordPress with what people are doing, creating, experimenting with and that kind of thing. So the event wasn't really intended to be a just this is AI and we're done kind of thing. It was more about 
showcasing back in, I guess that was in May, what is happening in AI and WordPress right now. And obviously as time goes on, that changes. So I think it makes sense for us to be doing a new one here to share advancements and things like that. Obviously for anybody that, that wasn't able to make it, the first one is available on YouTube. You can watch all of our sessions and everything. So I think this is going to be a similar kind of affair, but hopefully with some progressed ideas and experimentation, maybe I think there's probably going to be some things from human made, but obviously we want to really it to be a representation of the ecosystem and what is cutting edge and things like that. So I don't, I don't actually think that there would even need to be anything from human made. I do think that we've got some things to show though. And yeah, I, I think the intention of the event is to keep it light, keep it quite snappy. Like I think the event was three hours or four hours maybe, or something like that. It's not everybody's talking for 45 minutes about a single thing. We want like quick demos. We want insight, industry leaders, things like that. And uh, it shouldn't require everybody take out a day or two from work or anything like that. So that format has worked by well. Uh, the first event we did was really fantastically received. I, I was blown away by how kind everybody was about what we'd put on and how receptive they were to it. And I think relatively how, yeah, it, again, we, we didn't really overcomplicate things. We didn't spend a huge amount of time organizing it. It wasn't like a huge deal. I think actually it just worked quite well because of that. It was just very fluid. Awesome. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the next one. I really enjoyed it because it was like a really packed schedule with lots of interesting people mm -hmm. talking about the AI space within WordPress. And that's exactly what I'm doing with the podcast, talking yeah, to yeah, all these different people who do things in, in our space and hearing their stories really helps to get a better big picture of, of what's happening and mm -hmm. maybe also yeah. our ideas for things missing or some products in the AI space that could be built. Yeah. yeah I really enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> cool. Nice. One last question, maybe. What would you ask Matt Malenweg on AI if you could? I feel like open source and AI is probably the key question is like, how is that going to work? How will transparency in AI and models in training in all that kind of thing? Um, how, how do we see that longer term integrating into WordPress? Cause I think that the software will need AI integrated directly into it at some point. And right now it's in the realm of separate service, separate plugin, separate billion dollar company investing into AI to create that. But I think what are Matt's longer term views around how AI and open source will be able to come together and actually be an integrated part of open source software. That's probably where my mind goes. Interesting. <laughs> Cool. So thank you, Joe. It's been really interesting to hear a little of the backstory of the Altus Accelerate plugin and, and how this came together and the other topics we covered. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, great to chat. Thanks, Moritz. Thank you for listening until the end. Here are the key takeaways from my conversation with Joe Hoyle. With their own Altus Accelerate plugin, they put most of the logic into a service that the plugin talks to rather than directly into the plugin. One of the hardest parts of building the plugin was streaming the results back to the editor. These days, a lot of AI-generated content seems to make sense at first glance, but Joe recommends being skeptical and taking a closer look. AI is still relatively difficult to use, especially with multimedia like image editing. In the future, our content management systems will probably do a lot of the hard work around content production for you. 
you'll either be able to do things a lot faster, produce a lot more, or have a much higher bar of consistent quality across the board. I really enjoyed talking with Joe. If you want to hear more from him, don't miss the second edition of Human Made's Word on the Future event, which is scheduled for September 14th. There's even gonna be a keynote by Matt Malwick himself. I'll add the link to the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share this episode with your friends. I'm always happy about your feedback and questions. Simply send me a message on LinkedIn. And please don't hesitate to tell me which topics or guests you'd like to hear in future episodes. Next week, my guest will be Shane Perlman, who started the WordPress agency Modern Tribe in 2006 as a fully remote company. With his leadership role at Stellar WP, he's got a lot of interesting insights into the AI developments within their network of products like LearnDash or the Cadence theme. Don't forget to subscribe to get notified about the upcoming episodes. Until next time, your host, Moritz Bappert. <laughs>